Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Food for Thought, <laughs> a podcast gab fest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers you. gather around the table to talk about sex. <laughs> I don't know. What was that? We have to start over. Just that kidding. Was too Identity, <laughs> culture, what we like to read, and who we Ooh. like to read. Food for thought. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm hating it. <laughs> I wanted to sing along so bad. You are so I'm bad at this. It. You have no chill. <laughs> um, I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and today I come out of the closet as an Ariana Grande stan. Oh. I, she, I think she's just like one of the greatest musical minds of our is generation. That top, is that really top pony? I really oh, believe I think that. she's just appropriately appreciated, you to be th- honest. I, well, I'm Joseph uh, Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. My sexuality is Klonopin, and my drag king name is Lex, a pro. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> wow, you're banned. You're banned from the podcast. We're, we're replacing you with Matt Rogers. This is happening. <laughs> Why do you threaten me with that every week? <laughs> because I know it gets to you. Um, and sitting in the studio with us, we have Garrett Conley. Welcome our hoe of honor, Garrett. Hey. If you're not familiar with Garrett and, uh, and his sultry voice, uh, Garrett wrote a book called Boy Erased, which was turned into a film called Boy Erased, wherein Nicole Kidman plays his mom. It's deeply chill. Deeply chill. <gasps> what? Um, and he also has a podcast out with Jada Murad called Unerased and is also working on a lot of other things. But anyways, Garrett, hey. introduce yourself. Hello. I'm Garrett Conley. I'm a writer activist and Nicole Kidman's wig is my best friend. Oh, oh my jealous. god. <laughs> oh my god. What do we have on the menu this week, Joe? Yeah, today we get an itchy case of late capitalism. I hate it. We learn about Gerard's mommy issues. Mm. Lots. Sorry, everybody. We trigger the fuck out of each other and probably you. Fair. And for dessert, sorry, benches. You've been muted. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Take, Take it, it away. away. a little bit peckish. So let's start off the top of the show the way that any good top should, with a little tease, a little something to wet your palates. Our amuse bouche today. I, Joe, I'm going to amuse your bouches. Please with don't. A, with a Please little, don't. With, just wait till you hear what the game is called. <laughs> the game is called Capitalism. It's an STD. Uh. I love it. I mean, honestly, prevalent. This is what happens when you let me write anything on the show. So in this game, we're going to turn back the clock to the time when capitalism was just getting acquainted with mass marketing and blatant sexism. And because I'm Joe O the Science Ho, we're going to throw in a little public health. Recently, I was researching an essay and I came across an old-timey STD poster trying to convince people either not to have sex or to use protection or to get their STD treated back when, like, you know, penicillin was a new thing. I think the thing. first option is best. <laughs> to not no to have sex. sex. Yeah, correct. Thank you. The taglines blew me away. So in this game, I'm going to read a tagline from an old-timey ad poster. And you have to guess if that ad poster is trying to make you stop spreading diseases or just trying to sell you a new mass-marketed item. <laughs> 
Wow, Joe, so you've just, really outdone yourself. No, this time. game is so when are you aggressive. Write a novel. <laughs> so good. I literally just started one. Yeah, good. This is okay. your magnum. Um, so we're <laughs> gonna start is, with some. Send this to your agent right now. <laughs> she is so tired of my emails. Stop you guys. She's like, please stop emailing me. Um, we're gonna start with some easy ones so you can get the hang of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. Okay. The thirst stops here. Is that a brand or is that an STD? That's a brand. That's definitely That's a brand. Water yeah, it's yeah. Coca-Cola. Drink yeah. Coca-Cola. The oh, thirst stops here. Drink. Okay, it yeah. never Coca-Cola. stops, though. Yeah, <laughs> it truly does not. We're helping. Oh, definitely STD. You yeah. think? We're helping to stamp out syphilis. Yes, 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 like, yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I wish it was like, you know, like Vita Coco or something like that. Vita Coco. We're, We're helping. helping. I mean, it really is like Tom's or like any of those things that yeah. like sends like free mm-hmm. things for everyone you buy. Chick-fil-A. Um, we'll put We're some helping. of these. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. We're helping. Sorry. We'll put some of these, um, the actual posters in the show notes because they're yes. spectacular. Okay. Next. It's back again. Is that a brand or an STI? It's too obvious. It can't be an STI. <laughs> wait, if it was an STI. It's back again. I think it's a brand, but oh my God, wait. I well, think what it's it, a brand. Which one would it be according to your experience? Oh, oh, oh. It's back again. Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, Radio Shack. Oh, <laughs> Radio Shack is, was trying to make a comeback for a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's back again. It's instant. It's grand tasting. It's Barrington oh. Hall instant coffee. Wow. wow. I love that. <laughs> it's, back it's back again. Chlamydia. <laughs> herpes. I mean, that is a good tagline for herpes. I would enjoy chlamydia more if it came with that tagline. <laughs> oh, how, much, how much do you enjoy chlamydia right now, Fran? <laughs> I do not have chlamydia right now right now please at this very moment um, this is actually one of my this is one of my favorite posters happiness ahead ahead happiness ahead i think it's definitely an sti you think yeah i think an sti as well i'll say sti sure for the healthy but not the diseased and it is a a, it's a woman the poster is is a woman looking very sad on her wedding day (laughs) happiness ahead for the healthy and not the diseased well garrett as as a married (laughs) as a married person how do you feel about this garrett um well that certainly didn't stop me (laughs) that's what i'll say (laughs) we went to the courthouse there was no dilly dallying um everywhere i go i take my blank Everywhere I go, I take my prep. <laughs> <laughs> this is pre-prep America, my, Fran. My pain. No, go, girl, you read my Twitter. Gerard reads my I Twitter. Wish totally. Pra- pain was mass marketed. For me. Yeah, I would be the target demographic and be like, "Yes, let me buy it." It's everywhere I go, I take my penis. What? It's you know, an I STI that, poster. Actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah, you got to protect it because it <laughs> goes everywhere with you. That is so. Wild. Does like your arm and your your eyes? You yeah, know, I mean, so, really yeah, all body so parts, yeah. all of the parts of your body. Um, you should probably protect them all. Yeah, I mean, like, why just stop at one? Just that's such a like toxically masculine. Yeah. like protect. There's it at only all one costs. thing that matters on my body. It's yeah, my penis. Just, that, I mean, my penis. God save is, the queen. <laughs> um, they thanks, just don't Freud. know about the asshole. Yeah, they don't know about how precious the butthole is. Oh, well, I mean, goodness. Yeah. Can I say curse words on here? Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, this show so. is a giant yeah, curse I, mean, I remembered that but I just, <laughs> I've been doing so much normal normal 
I put that in scare quotes. <laughs> there were scare quotes. That is truly the kindest thing anyone has ever said about our podcast. I've been doing so many, so many normal audio shows. I'm so grateful to be on this garbage. <laughs> Correct. It's Correct. my fave. Yeah. Next up for a clean America. For a clean America. I think that's a brand. I, I think it's like waste management or yeah, something. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, okay. Stamp out VD. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's not like Dyson vacuum. By the way, so we are not co-signing any of these. Us here at Food for Thought do not believe in calling people clean when they don't have... This is not a good word. Um, we are, you know... Uh, Critiquing the capitalism and the blatant yes. body Unless you're talking and... about Joe, who is never clean. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. Shows I up sh- to the shower once a week. <laughs> every day, sweating. Deep down inside. Deep down inside. <laughs> what do you think, Garrett? I really don't. Wait, Garrett and I are like I looking at each other and wincing. I don't feel like there are many brands that would say deep down inside. Yeah. Unless a very poorly guided one. I'm going to say STD. It's a VW. What? Deep down inside, it's a Volkswagen. It's an old Carmen Ghia poster. I really wanted a Carmen Ghia growing up because I both <laughs> loved cars and was super gay. I was like, oh, it's so cute. Incompatible. Can you please take responsibility for the masculine There's a gay car show in Arkansas. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. They have gay car shows in Arkansas. Do they really? Yeah, it's real. Did you go? To win because you you have a car background. My dad went to straight car shows. (laughs) (laughs) My dad went to straight. You didn't take your dad to the gay car show. No, not yet. That's that's the sequel. (laughs) Um. The, again, we're gonna say we're not co-signing any of the capitalism or horribleness in these men who know. (laughs) Men who know. Show. Men who know. Men who know. Show us. Grow. Their penises. Men who know grow. Men who know grow. Wow, Garrett, do you write STD poster? I actually wrote all these. I'm it, sorry. Is, it is an STD poster. It's men who know say no to prostitutes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's wow. mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes, agreed. Sex agreed. work is important for a lot of people. Agreed. Oh agreed, God, agreed, agreed. So Less irritating. Uh, like, I'm going to say brand. It's like Muppet Babies. <laughs> <laughs> this was another one of my favorites. Lucky's Toasted Cigarettes. Oh, oh interesting. And Less I believe irritating. it was an ad with Lucille Ball in it. Yeah. Oh, I, love, I love that. She's they so used great. To, I mean, cigarette brands used was to be her, extremely glamorous. Did they color her hair? Or yeah, it was red. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. And last, and probably least, <laughs> as old as creation. As old as creation. I really hope it's an STI. I really hope so too because that's... I want to believe that everybody suffered. I mean, it's because of Eve that we have STIs now. Oh, friend. Oh. Sorry, Eve. This is how you're going to get canceled. Exactly. It's Everyone totally cancel Fran. Fucking Eve. Taken out of context. Everything bad in humanity <laughs> is because of women, says Fran Toronto. At him, everybody. It literally At him. is. It's in the Bible. Ever heard of it? <laughs> As old as creation, syphilis is not curable. Oh Whoa. my God! It really wasn't yeah. STD mm-hmm. back when it wasn't curable. Yeah, too. back when it was, it was just pre uh, penicillin. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. And I will say they actually got the science on this right because STIs did co-evolve with people. And as a matter of fact, there was a recent study out. So there's it, we interbred with Neanderthals back in early. Have, human evolution and we retain some portions of their genes in ours and the portions of their genes that we retain in ours were actually to fight diseases like STIs so it's like that that's why those 
portions oh, of all nice. this day. That was a very recent paper. Yeah. So well, I yeah. mean, God created man straight, and if only we had <laughs> stayed on the righteous path, there would be no we herpes. Wouldn't be here. Yeah, I'm so. just happy that Neanderthals are getting a better name. Like, yeah. I feel like <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, they were sexy. Some people are Our into ancestors. that, like kind of brutish, yeah. big, you know, hulking. I hate to admit I like that. Same. Thank you so much for getting the STD that is called capitalism with me today, yes, everybody. <laughs> Anytime, Joe, really. No escaping. For our second course, we have an extra special Impure Thoughts yes, story yes, yes, yes. Um, featuring none other than our Ho of Honor, Jared Conway. Aww. Thank you so much uh, for yes, doing I this. We wait. really appreciate it. I like it. stayed up all night. Trying to find a memory. <laughs> I, thought, I, I was hoping you were saying trying to make a new one. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> trying to create. I was in a bathhouse all night. I know. <laughs> Nothing was taking. And <laughs> wow, um, I really should have taken that opportunity. Yes, yes. Yeah, there was a, there were a few last night. And a few for, sex parties. Oh, okay. Oh, I, really? I, I, I never get the those invites. Night. I, did you really? I did. Yeah. Did wow. you? I'm so sorry. I've been to the Eagle twice, and it's been. An experience. It's an experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know what an impure thought is, an impure thought is uh, a when a guest of ours or an, or, uh, one or, of us. or one yeah. of us or thought um shares a delectable, cinematic, extremely ridiculous, rambunctious, re- phenomenal. Moist. I'm running. I'm absolutely running <laughs> out of. I'm running out of adjectives. Um, mm. a sex story, a, yeah. or or a, a hookup story, or a. Completely a romantic encounter that just ended up being funny, uh, which is also some fine. combo of all <laughs> those things. Um, and yeah, so thank you, Garrett, for putting yeah. your career on the line and, and for being and here letting today. my mom listen to this. Oh, oh, she God. totally will. Hi, will. Your mom will. Oh yeah, she I listens to everything. Your mom. Hi, Garrett's mom. I love <laughs> you. I follow best. you on Twitter. She'll probably retweet it. She followed me Mostly. on Twitter. I, I think, follow her on just Twitter like this week, and I was like, I'm sorry. The only the only thing you see on there. It's just like my own career. Like, I'm sorry. I know. I love so it. Love her. <laughs> she doesn't tweet anything else. That's so cute. Oh, she's the best. That's she loves you so much. Yeah. She really does. Yeah. I'm glad you're um, So now it. that we're done talking about <laughs> your, your mom. Your mom. <laughs> now let's go into my sex story. <laughs> Seems so good. Right. Break it down for us. What, what, start, start, okay. start us off. What happened? So let's rewind 13 years. Oh, I love that. You said cinematic. (laughs) You've been spending too much time in Hollywood, friend. (laughs) Okay. So there's this guy, Caleb, and I'd like spent the night with him uh, during my freshman year. It was real romantic. Of college. Yeah, of college. And then. um, When you say spent the night. Just, just like just a sweet cuddle. like cuddle like we were terrified oh, of each other so beautiful we listened to bjork's ah! um <laughs> pagan poetry like on repeat no this is who we were okay this is so who we joe were. is rock hard right now <laughs> joe is fully erect oh my god joe is fully erect <laughs> you listen to poetry and cuddled oh no Whew. wow so paganism is jarring when you're re- a recovering christian uh, oh that's very true <laughs> what what was caleb like was he like was he like he said he was artsy. Was he like wayfish? Was he like twinky? Yeah, he was very tall. Ooh. <laughs> Fran, now Fran is getting a hard oh. on. He had like this giant, the good kind of giant nose. Oh, I love know? a good nose. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Very odd features. Like he was like already balding, but in like in a fun way. Oh yeah, that's very yeah. sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. He did all these self portraits that made him look even uglier. And that made me think he was oh, sexy. So oh, I love that. So hot. <laughs> I oh, love that. Yes. But oh, another story. 
So he was doing this big exhibition at our school, which yeah. was still rather conservative. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he decided to do this like giant painting of himself being crucified and his <gasps> mom, this is, I'm not making this up. Oh my God. <laughs> and his mom is like holding this knife <gasps> as like Mary. And oh stabbing, my God. Like stabbing Christ. Oh You're my Caleb. God. You're kidding they me. They canceled it. <gasps> they, they let it go for one day and then like, I forgot. It was like, immediately There was like some canceled. sort of protest and they were like, no, that I can't is, do that. I love Caleb. Caleb, <laughs> wow. you're the best, Caleb. So we love next you. up in our next segment, we will have Caleb <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Can you imagine? You gotta go. <laughs> well, guess who's here? Jerry Springer Bell. <laughs> this is an episode amazing. of Maury. <laughs> Welcome to Honestly, I'd probably run yes, off you with are him. Caleb. You are the father of Gerard's queerness. Yes, correct. <laughs> Psych. There is a fourth there seat is. today. So, Caleb was older. Okay, three years. He was a senior. Okay, and um, very, very artsy. Like okay. super artsy. Okay, and he would like dress with the. He said that he wanted to be like hillbilly queer. So oh, this was before. Interesting. This was before like Brooklyn queers were doing that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Was, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Caleb. So Caleb was cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. He was Got a real it. hipster. <laughs> the primordial uh, hipster. Yeah, the primordial exactly. hipster. Neanderthal almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my god. Get together. Yeah. Back. Um. So uh, he invited me over to his house, which like he was in college, but he had a house like a, that his oh, parents yeah. owned. So they were away. Went to his house, and he was like, "You have to watch." Mommy Dearest. Oh, <laughs> this is the gay, that's way gayer than gay. That sex. is right? like this is literally we're, the, we're getting there. We this refer to this as the second virginity <laughs> that is taken. One is is sex, sex, and the second is when you watch, watch mommy, mommy, mommy Dearest. Right. Well, he knew I was a baby gay. Yeah, um, so oh, he knew yeah. he was trying to initiate mm-hmm. you. He was doing a great job. Well, as we I all know, it was fair. Gaydom is it's it's an ish, an initiation. <laughs> yeah, we are actively only trying to recruit, convert. That's what our yeah. show is trying to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. So we watched Mommy Dearest like on repeat. <laughs> we were like oh. drinking wine and watching. We watched it like three times. What? Yeah, oh, he was so careful. He was like, I don't want to like make this one scurry too quickly. You know, wow. he but knew what he was doing. I was wow. a real innocent. Wow. And and I didn't get it. I was like such a baby guy. I was like, why is this, what are we watching? Like, <laughs> the acting's bad. And like, I didn't understand <laughs> this camp. This is a bad movie. All. You didn't well, understand camp, right? <laughs> you were so earnest. It's, you're yeah. in the South. Yeah. Like, it's, you know. Acclimating to camp is, it's another language. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard to, I know. I didn't get that. I was the same way. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like my first experience with camp and like not understanding it, but I don't know. It's probably the first time I ever watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, honestly. yeah. True. I was just like, I don't get it. But that was like, season two or three before it was a good well, show. Well, thankfully, I'd already watched Mommy Dearest on repeat <laughs> <laughs> before that moment came. Um, so we were drinking a lot of wine, watching a lot of Mommy Dearest, and he goes, let's go back to my room. Oh. So, now I'm rock hard. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury, because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. 
Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards healthcare and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner. Hell-raising humanitarian, sister in the struggle, and recovering elected official. Listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> so we go back. Oh, completely dark. He's like, let's stay in the dark, which was good for me because I was terrified. Right. Um, <laughs> and filled with shame. Yeah, as, so much shame. As I mean, as I my first sexual experience. Yeah, it's the, it's so, the theme. So it's the theme of the podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. So, for thought. <laughs> shame edition. Shame edition. <laughs> in this moment, I didn't feel that much shame, though. Okay, and cool. I was topping. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, I'm not going to go right the other way first because i don't know what that's like i'm a little scared caleb's had more experience mm-hmm. so oh my god caleb's totally listening to this right now oh my god caleb. is he really does he i'm sure your... i'm sure he'll and oh. i feel like he will somebody wow. will tell him wow um so we were fucking yes and we How hear feels really great. great yeah i mean it was it was fumbly you know to be honest is this, but, but you don't feel but shame you don't feel like, bad well there were like a few times <laughs> it's getting real no there, we, we there were a few times where i like had to get hard again because okay. i was so yeah, yeah, in my yeah. own head of course, of course. Where i was yeah, like yeah. oh my god and then it was so embarrassing because i was like caleb it's not always like this i mean i don't know if it's always right, like right, this right, but right, i don't right. think well, it like will it, be yeah that's how all my yeah 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 because if you get in your head every day that's how i'm always yeah i'm just talking about earlier like uh erection issues in one's first sex encounter are yeah. like, mm-hmm. I think uniform it's like everyone yeah. I have the same oh, thing yeah. and it's like you're like it's so confusing because you're like oh my god I want to have sex so bad I'm going to be so rock harder than it happens and you're, you're so like, what turned is going on. on with my body you're so turned on yeah. but it's like still yeah, yeah it's a disconnect yeah 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 um, but it was working for the most part and um, we were getting into it and we hear gravel crunching outside oh my god gravel this is crunching. his parents house again mm-hmm. oh my god wow. so his mother no. opens the door. No. Right. No. He's we're so like naive that he's like he threw the covers over me oh. and pretends like I'm not there. Ah! Like, yeah. Whoa, that is some black belt jujitsu yeah. gay hiding. Well, that is I have like... a black belt in taekwondo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh okay. Love so it. unfortunately that black belt did not allow me to disappear. That's <laughs> Turns out that doesn't work. Wow. So she opens the door. I don't know what's going on. If she's pretending like she doesn't see something, 
Because like you this is a mother who's not exactly there yet. Okay. Uh-huh. Like okay. in terms of support. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she she sees what she sees in the dark. I don't know. But she, why did she come into the room? I don't know. I guess she regularly just like goes into his room. It's like a thing. Like, I'm not wow. going to knock. I'm just going to go. I don't know. That's the family that's dynamics that I will wow. never understand. I've asked yeah. myself this question many times. Um, and so she closes it. I don't know because, you know, she was in a brighter room, right. opens it up to darkness. Maybe she didn't see it. Correct. Yeah, true. At this point, we're like, what do we do? Right. So Caleb is like, get in the bathroom. So... I like run over to the bathroom, get my underwear, like put it on. And like, he like hands me the rest of my clothes here that I'm like putting it on. I'm like, this is so embarrassing. What do I do? Like at some point I have to come out of this bathroom. Correct. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. <laughs> at some point you would come out of the bathroom. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And so Caleb is like, I have a plan. Oh my God. And this is like, this is a testament to Caleb's wicked amazing mind okay. because wow. he comes up with plan- like he's just this brain is so smart it's because of all um, the paganism yeah mommy dearest. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it just makes his, his brain shrink, it does probably um he also wrote poetry so oh my know. god this is joe's <laughs> ideal i'm actually ideal gonna give partner. you caleb's contact so he goes i have a plan you're gonna sneak out the window and I'm going to say that I, I'm going to go to the store for a little while. So you, I'd like driven my car right. there. So he's like, you're going to get in your car really quietly and you're going to start the motor at the exact moment when I flash my headlights at you. Oh, and my I'll God. start the motor God. at the same time. And that way she won't hear like she like, I guess she didn't see my car. I don't know what was going on, That's but I was wild. just going along with That's Caleb. Insane. Like it was just like whatever. Wow. So escape the room. So I, <laughs> it's literally just it's, it's, it's an, an escape, an escape the room. The room. Escape there were the so room. many clues. Yeah, oh my God. they were leading me in another direction, and I, <laughs> I got locked away forever. No, um, so I snuck out the window. He's like talking to his mom. I'm in my car, just like quietly, you know, like trying to not make any sound. He flashes the lights, and for some reason, I turned the key like two seconds later, like. It just, I don't know. Oh I didn't God. do it. So like my motor goes on and then his does. And like, oh th- obviously she heard it. Right. <gasps> and she's like standing in the kitchen window and like looks out. Oh. And then I just like drive off. That's my story. Oh my God. Oh. So, it was so much. Gotten away with it. I know. We would have never mother. gotten away with that. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Um, so, what did you see him so again? Mommy Dearest returned home. That's oh my, oh my God. The return of Mommy oh, Dearest. Is that the title of this essay. I would, I, would, I would watch that movie. That's what I would do if I were writing it as an essay. I would wow. have that recurring image. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're welcome yeah. for your next piece oh. of New Yorker. My wish. God. Okay, wait. Did you see him? again okay oh, yeah. yeah we actually dated for a while okay yeah okay. did you ever meet that didn't his... ruin it for did you... us right that <laughs> was my... did of you ever not. meet his mother like under yeah, good circumstances actually we did and oh. she never mentioned it he never mentioned oh it of i have course. no idea that's like a very i feel like middle american thing is to just yeah. not acknowledge anything, anything ever yeah. yeah i did that for quite a long time thank you so much for that story baby Okay, so y'all know that, like, I pretty much wear the exact same thing every day. (laughs) (laughs) Is it black from head to toe? Black from head to toe. I kind of have a uniform, but I do explore silhouettes. 
I do love a good solid basic and Everlane is a great place to start when it comes to mm. basics and when it comes to things that come in black. <laughs> if you like that, Everlane only makes premium essentials using the finest materials without traditional markups and they tell you their real costs so you know you're not overpaying. Mm. Everlane also wants you to know what you're paying for and why. They are radically transparent about every step in their process, from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. Because Everlane sells directly to you, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Everlane's clothes look better, cost less, and last longer. And y'all, this is Joe. I gotta say, I got this parka the day that it started to snow in New York. And like, oh, I was, you. I was walking mm. over to a boy's house and I was like, this is a little too warm. And then it started to snow and I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. This is perfect. <laughs> and right now you can check out our personalized collection by food for thought. That's literally stuff curated by us mm. at everlane.com slash T H O T plus you'll get free shipping off your first order. Mm. That's everlane.com slash T H O T everlane.com slash T H O T. I know I wear the same outfit every day, but like most people don't know that I actually wear the same type of underwear every single day as well. However, Tomboy X is also very cute and it is an underwear that I stand because they're super gender inclusive and like very beautiful and fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I got briefs. I, everyone knows I love a sports bra. I got sports bras. I also got briefs from Tomboy X and they just like, mm, they fit. They like... <laughs> They fit. Wow, Joe, you're just a master advertise reader. Like, it's really so... Capitalism! Uh, no, yeah. but, like, beyond capitalism, they fit. <laughs> how, do they fit you? how do they fit you, Dennis? Listen, I also got the Activewear Unitard, oh, and it is ooh. amazing. It lifts, it, it hugs, I feel slim and sexy. <laughs> I might actually learn how to swim. Did it? <laughs> Hey you. Go to com slash, we're sorry, TomboyX. Go to TomboyX.com slash T-H-O-T and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. For Food for Thought listeners, get an extra 15% off with code T-H-O-T. Again, code T-H-O-T for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. Go to TomboyX.com slash T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. We are not sorry. Mm. It's time we get into the meat of our discussion. The thought process, if you will. It's a pepperoni. (laughs) Fuck you. Oh, my God. Pepperoncini. Is pepperoncini meat or is that a pepper? No, I think it's a pepper. Oh, God. Sorry. Thank you. Producer Alex. Italian producer Alex Alex has verified that it is pepper and not meat. Italians have canceled this podcast. (laughs) Um, And uh, so today's uh, episode, the theme is trauma Hi. i'm yeah. trying to say that with a jovial voice because we're about to get dork we're gonna make trauma fun yeah <laughs> why isn't trauma cool anymore hi i am um, a pisces yes trauma is my fun yeah yes. and so i've read your books so, <laughs> i have two jobs, same, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um so here's the funny thing about trauma here's the i'm sorry we're joking about this but like it really you know whatever it's yeah. fine uh tra- trauma as a word as as a thing has kind of permeated the public dialogue, a quick like Google Trends report that I did shows the word trauma has been Googled and searched and related topics has been Googled and searched with exponential growth um, in the last four years, an increase mm. of uh, more than 50 percent just wow. in the last four mm-hmm. years with the greatest peak right now. 
November 2018, mm. like more than any other moment in like Google like search two history. Days before the election. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? Pre traumatizing ourselves. And the mm. other interesting thing was the old, the second highest spike was right after 9 11. Mm. Oh, wow. Of course. I think a lot of us have a good guess as to why mm-hmm. um, that might be. Uh, but I think a more ambitious question might be the question of how. How did trauma enter the public discourse? How do we as a culture start to acknowledge it, cope with it, or perhaps even work through it? Mm. But to start with a more lighter question, I want to know the, in very like everyday ways, how do you, y'all, um, deal with trauma, just the trauma of living in this country in 2018 as a marginalized person? <laughs> Oh my god. That's just a light softball question to start. We were start. literally trying to brainstorm uh, the lightest way to enter into the conversation. And we're like, what is it? And for me, I mean, I'll I'll start. I <laughs> I love jogging. We talk a lot about self-care yeah, on this podcast. I love jogging. I love going to the movies alone. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite thing. Um, I like spending time with friends um, yeah. in in psychosocially safe spaces and communion and communion, communion. Yeah. yeah, like the gay communion, mm-hmm. uh, the, not the not the wafer. Yes. No. Um, I drink to excess. Oh my god! I'm, oh my god. <laughs> I'm kind wine. of kidding. The answer is wine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for sure, the gym and family and like, I don't know, man, it is tough. But like therapy, this, therapy. The small daily things really do matter, though. Um, when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, I cook myself dinner. Mm-hmm. And like just that, it's almost like the rhythmic motion of putting a knife through. And this is like not in a violent <laughs> way, but like putting a knife through vegetables. Ooh, wow. Like my phone has to be away. <laughs> I'm not getting the Washington Post. (laughs) I know. I'm not getting push alerts of the horrible news that's happening. That's really important. I just have music on and both of my hands are working, you know? I turn off my push notifications in January. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do the running thing. I do the drinking thing. (laughs) Fair. Um, Welcome to Food for Thought. (laughs) I try to make it balanced so that I can still run in the mornings. (laughs) Correct. Um, But recently, I found it like so cathartic to use my privilege to um get other people's voices out there mm. that's been like a thing i know it sounds like i'm like a beauty contestant right now but <laughs> it's true like i just try to use all my privilege to help other people <laughs> um, but it's actually true it really helps me to like right now especially with trans erasure going on mm. on a wide scale or at least we're waiting for that to happen unfortunately mm. um it's been really cool to just be like, okay, let's let's find out who's working on this and let's try to get them involved in like right now whatever publicity is going on with with my book and stuff. And so I try to do that and that makes me feel really good. Mm-hmm. Um and then like I know this sounds really counterintuitive, but I was on this like long drive with someone who uh was hired to drive me mm-hmm. and the guy was like a huge Trump supporter. And he started going on and on. This is like a two-hour drive. It was oh the god. worst two hours of my life. Oh my god! Well, maybe not. But close. <laughs> um, <God>. Second best. <laughs> um, and so, we read your book, maybe. <laughs> we know. So we're like we're like riding along, and he starts going in on about these like facts that aren't facts. You know, like yeah. alternative fact things. And um, and I just corrected every single one of them very calmly. And yeah. like went through like I would not let him say what he said without yeah. like countering it. And mm-hmm. I know it did nothing to him. I know that he exited that vehicle thinking like what an idiot, what a liberal, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, I'm 
I'm a guy who can do that. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. need to be in this space with this other white dude yeah. and like explain to him that this is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. it's always been a thing for me to go to those places. Like I go back to Arkansas a couple of mm-hmm. times every year mm-hmm. and I just don't let anything slide. Yeah. I make everyone uncomfortable yeah. and it gives that. me so much joy <laughs> yeah. to just be this like asshole. In the yeah. That's like, I mean, I'm not being an not asshole. Not an that's asshole, but yeah. asshole probably in yeah. their eyes. I mean, I really relate to that hard guard because an, in large part because I think that there, when it comes to like queer and marginalized people, there are a lot of us that don't have either the privilege or emotional capacity Mm-mm. or wherewithal to Most have people, those yeah. conversations. And there's no reason why queer and marginalized people should need to advocate Mm-mm. for themselves or just justify why you, they should I'm be considered human, human yeah. you know? Um, but I, I personally, like I use my platform to be extremely loud about things all yeah. the time. And I, and that when I'm in spaces physically with people, I will always be, I'm okay with being the person that explains rudimentary things or mm. answers a question that is problematic yeah. because for the sake of just getting over it and helping them understand something. I also something absolutely baseball. love the fact that like you also hold the queer community accountable pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. I do. And That's I love true. it. Like my favorite <laughs> post from you was like it's like, "Oh my god, Lady Gaga, check out her newest video." No, just joking like you should vote right now. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my I did do that. I tried I, I baited that and so switched. Much. I just think I, I was I um, baited and switched. I was having a little spiral about an ex this week and I was like, how, you know, I had to go home from work to cry. Uh, and I was like texting with a friend of mine who is also going through some breakup drama and she just reminded me, she's like, you know, what you should do this week is, um, you know, it's very as a Virgo and I'm a Pisces, she's a Virgo, I'm a Pisces. It's like uh, caring for other people is a way to care for yourself. And mm-hmm. also like it shows it shows you how you should treat yourself when you're having a moment of crisis. That's so true. You know, and so for me, I totally view it as like. Uh, my care for other people is a huge part of building the world that is an alternative to all of the trash and trauma of the mm-hmm. world. Like, you know, under capitalism and cis heteropatriarchy and all of the and awfulness. STIs. It's like, people, and it's STIs. like people give each other STIs and don't care for one another. <laughs> and like under <laughs> under the world I want to live in, we give each other STIs and care for each other <laughs> yes. so much. We give you know? <laughs> so I, I I totally think that like a way, and it's hard because it can be emotionally exhausting. I find that, you know, sometimes being like, always the friend on call for my for my friends crises emotional crises mm-hmm. which were all like are ramping up you know personal conflict like also has roots in the political like i know so many people who had breakups including myself in and around the time of the trump election and it was just bringing up all of this trauma for people uh and all of like these issues that then permeated all of our relationships and led to a lot of interpersonal conflict right mm-hmm. uh and so it is emotionally exhausting sometimes to to care but it also like fills me up so much. Like I also, care. I feel like I have to remind myself by doing that, that people do things that are good. Yeah. Exactly. Like I have to remind myself that I can do things that yeah. are good. And I know, I guess empirically that other people can, if yeah. I see it myself. Yeah. Correct. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a strange, like I don't believe anything unless it's like through my own filter. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing something that I believe is good, then I, I suddenly believe that other people are capable right. of it. Totally. I I really liked what you said, uh, Fran, about the notion of trauma. Uh, I mean, you know, we're talking about it a lot more. I find that really interesting because like, yeah, the world in some ways is more traumatizing than it's ever been. But mm-hmm. like for marginalized people, the world has always, always been yeah. traumatic. <laughs> always been that way. And I think mm-hmm. I think really hard about like why it's 
kind of bubbled up into the public consciousness. And I think it might have a lot to do with the fact that media has shifted such that um, there are more marginalized people with a larger platform because you have sort of more democratic modes of like getting perspectives out there. Mm -hmm. Things like social media and Twitter allow for people who aren't necessarily controlling media to also tell their stories. Okay, mm -hmm. I like I like yeah. that. I want to write that, but I want to back up one one yeah. step, and I want to think about the fact that, as you were saying, this this word literally has been used more, has been Googled more, right. exponentially in the mm -hmm. last few years. I would intuit that there are a lot of ways wherein, uh, because it, it might maybe I don't want to say overused, but it's mm -hmm. being used a lot more, yeah. which probably expands the definition of it greater and greater right, right, for right. better or for worse. Yeah. I'm curious to you and for the sake of our listeners too, what is, how do you start to define trauma? Mm. Well, that's scary. And, and yeah. I, I know, I'm sorry. Oops. And I'm also like, y'all are, have, have bodies of work that yeah. revolve around this. And I do not. You guys are so much well-versed. <laughs> you guys are so You're much well-versed. Like walking us off the I know. I'm Trauma. sorry. I'm sorry. I just, Go ahead I, I, I wish it. I could answer it. My, I, I'm, I'm asking, honestly, I wish I could answer it myself. I mean, I think that I, sometimes I think about the, the use of the term violent or violence. Yeah. Um, because that's another term that I think has expanded quite mm -hmm. a bit. Mm -hmm. So we can say that certain rhetoric is violent or or enacts violence on certain people mm -hmm. so i do actually believe that that's true mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's the best word for it all the time because i mm -hmm. physical violence is something that's you know should be distinguished mm -hmm. from you know just speaking yeah. yeah but i don't know i mean that's like a really tricky subject i think yeah. that like i'm always for expanding definitions rather than contracting them like yeah, generally what do you think? Yeah, I mean, is is I human existence by its very nature, uh, it, a part of human existence is loss, right? Mm -hmm. And wealth does not buffer against that, mm -hmm. right? So, trauma, you know, uh, falls down along lines of class, race, gender, sexual identity, trans or cis identity, um, but it is common to human existence mm -hmm. is trauma and loss. Like everyone will experience someone they love dying. Right. Everyone experiences trauma in a way. Uh, and so I guess I sort of define trauma as like these major life ruptures, like that completely break you out of your routine of daily existence that make okay. the routine of daily existence impossible. Uh, and that can be on the level of a divorce or on the level of, of a major loss of a loved one or a lost friendship or a president <laughs> a, or a president. I, it's but it's, um, you know, I, I do write a lot about I guess you could call it trauma. I don't the book that I wrote about a breakup with my ex and being in an emotionally abusive relationship, I guess that's trauma, but that's not a word that I, that's not the go-to word I would that use. You, yeah. No, it isn't. it's not. Interesting. No, 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 Why no. is that? Uh, you kind of started to explain it. I feel like to me, um, I really am very afraid of uh, claiming experiences that are worse than they are mm. uh, or like trying to say that this thing that happened to me was really, really, really awful because like, I know like I've, I've, I have been very, very close to sexual assault and rape. I've, mm -hmm. I've ve been very close to it through people I love, but I've never experienced sexual assault or rape myself. And I think that that... And you don't want to conflate your exactly. experience with those experiences. Exactly. By I, way of uh, a catch-all word. Exactly. And I don't want... You know, I was in an emotionally abusive relationship. That relationship did not cross the edge into physical abuse. And I, so I sort of don't want to even... Even it makes me feel weird calling it an abusive relationship I mean, because I, I don't want to sort of claim yeah. trauma that I actually don't own and use that as a sort of... 
uh, way to to make my my identity or life in the world. I totally get that, but I also wonder, like, so whenever I was writing about my rape yeah. um, in the book, you know, it's it's different from the film in some ways. Um, the book was like oral sex; it was like yeah. rape that way. Mm. Um, and I had these older gay men that would online send me messages saying, "Oh, oh that's just a rite of passage," <gasps> oh, God, or no. "That's not actual rape." Oh God, no! I know, but it's it was a it's, thing. But it it's, was totally a thing. I'm that like literally said. about to pass out. So that's this insane. is this is my like devil's advocate to what you just said. Is like I totally agree with you, wow. but I also think that there's like a tendency to say that like certain abuse is not abuse. Absolutely, it doesn't matter because Absolutely. of yeah. And it like, doesn't reach the threshold. And like, how do we, do we have like categories, oh, like category God. five, anal rape, category right. four, or you know, like, of it's course, like right. weird, right? Oh my God. Categories of trauma, categories yeah. of, of So I, I agree with you that it's important to make like a distinction yeah. between the two, but also it's like, take my story as seriously as that person's story, right, 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 you know? Right. And I think the same could be said for your story. It's trauma's relative. It's like something you it experience. Is. I, I don't know. I, yes, I want to also just second what Garrett is saying because <laughs> yeah. in a slightly different way, um, I think that particularly with queer people and the yeah. the traumatic experience of being queer for a lot of folks when they come out um, or when they're excommunicated or when they have are homeless or anything like that, I think that p- queer people that have very um, tame and or forgive this term uncinematic uh, comings out or experiences with queerdom <laughs> yeah. um, feel that their trauma, their trauma, whatever it was, is a lot less. Because they and can't therefore, position it in a moment. Yeah, they can't oh, position right, it in a moment. Right, they right, can't right, write right. about it. They can't concretize it. They That's can't. That's so smart. Yeah. And sometimes trauma, sometimes we're privy to thinking that trauma has to come with this a element moment. of storytelling yeah. or this, mo- this moment of um, something that is so uh, unfathomable and unnameable. Right, but being queer in a homophobic world yeah. is yeah. constant, yeah. constant yeah. Like, assault of, of trauma. Of course you live with that, yeah. right? Like 15, 16 years of it, if you have that much yeah. mm-hmm. or more, mm-hmm. like, is that not trauma? Yeah. yeah. If you, yeah, if you have all those years that you were told you were less than, yeah. All the way up until the moment you came out, and then even and more then, after, and then, and, then, and then the third time you have to come out at work, and then yeah. the fifteenth time you have to like come yeah. out to your yeah. family is again. Not a and, version yeah. of I it. think this is a really interesting point. Like maybe the problem with discussing trauma mm-hmm. is that we tend to discuss it from a purely narrative perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I hate yeah. going against narrative, y'all. <laughs> because you're lying this narrative. I'm a writer who hates <laughs> <I> love, narrative. <laughs> Fuck narative. I love narrative. Rolled his eyes do not, off. do not tell your agent this. Oh no, we fight all the time. We fight about it all the time. I, uh, speaking yeah. of narrative and trauma, um, I wanted to ask you, Gerard, in particular. Uh, I think there's this notion that writing or making art through trauma is healing, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that. I in turn find to be true and in turn find to be horrifically, horribly, painfully, traumatizingly false. Actually, I know. Right? How did, how did it feel to write your fucking so book? I actually, and then see it turn into a oh fucking movie. Well, a movie where Nicole Kidman plays your mom. <laughs> so chill. So like, what me, does she smell like? <laughs> that comes at the end. Um, <laughs> That's right. You stay tuned for this conversation. That comes, that comes when I flash my car lights at your car. <laughs> We'll Once you and Caleb meet. Well, <laughs> um, so first of all, let me tell you this weird story about yeah. like watching the final cut 
of the film. Mm, yeah. yeah. So I'd seen like previous versions, but never the final version. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Telluride Film Festival and Nicole Kidman was seeing it for the first time too. <sighs> and she was really nervous. Like she was really? super, yeah. She was like, how am I going to come off in this yeah, movie? Yeah. Um, and she was behind me. And this is so crazy. Like I'll never live this down. Oh my God. So she was, she was just right behind me and we were watching the really terrible rape sequence, which is like mm-hmm. last five minutes. Um, and she gave me a back massage during this. <gasps> and it, it was just like the sweetest, weirdest oh. moment of my life. Oh, and oh my I God. like that like cured me. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like, so basically what I'm saying is everyone Get needs Nicole Kidman to give her a back massage. Oh my God. That's uh, the only cure. But she knew yeah, that, I'm sorry, she knew that would be re-triggering yeah, for you. Yeah. And regardless of the fact that she was Nicole Kidman, like completely. Actually, I think anybody doing that yeah. would have been really sweet. But, yeah. but it's it. fun it's a, like you know like whenever you have to meet people and you say like what are three facts <laughs> yeah, that's a good fact that's a, rape scene. That's, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, oh a, it's a really good fact so actually yeah i mean it took a long time to write it um i i like you joe also mm-hmm. feel that that statement that writing this trauma down is going to immediately like cure you or make mm-hmm. you better mm-hmm. is really facile mm-hmm. but at the same time so this is like outside of my experience of writing it. I did find it cathartic. Yeah. I also found it very, very fucking terrifying yeah. to like re-enter that headspace. Exactly. And my boyfriend at the time, who is no longer my boyfriend and probably because I like put him through hell, like he would like make me coffee every morning. I mean, he had to like do a lot to make sure that I was okay. And I, you know, I'm so thankful for him. We're still mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm also like, oh my God, I never want to put somebody through that again. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I was just losing it all the time. But I, I taught last year um, at Grub Street in Boston mm-hmm. this memoir incubator class, which is like oh, a, cool. a year long yeah. class of, of people entering. It. And I, I chose people specifically who had really important stories to tell. Yeah. And like when they were coming in there, it was healing. Was it? Yeah. Like we had that to community. sit around. We had to oh sit God, around and cry. like. Yeah, I had changed my mind. Like my like wooden nasty heart. <laughs> that is not you, baby. I, I can I've be. known you for two kind of personally though. Yeah. I mean, I I'm nice, but I'm also really dark. You're you know, a like, yeah. Um, and when I heard these stories, and I heard people like sobbing and saying like, "Thank you for letting me say that for the first time," wow. and now I can write it, like. I, I became a convert in oh, that. Wow. Yeah. And I do think that community, that writerly community mm-hmm. or artistic community and the the act of witness, I mean, that's what we're looking for. I, I find when we write, even when I like call my friends because I'm really upset, I don't need advice. What I'm looking for, I think, is just a witness of what mm-hmm. I'm going through and an acknowledgement of the fact that it's painful to me. And, you know, doing this work in community writing is hard because it's very lonely you sort of do it alone mm-hmm. and then put it out into the world and people interact with it alone mm-hmm. and therefore when you're writing through trauma that can be an isolating experience and when you have community to actually come together and you know i've done nonfiction workshops as well and most people come to nonfiction workshops with these stories about their lives that are really fucking hard i know uh, and it is such a weird way that it's a a totally healing space that everyone is bringing all of this shit with them but the act of witnessing it for one another and working on crafts Mm -hmm. together with one another gives it a really healing therapeutic feel yeah and let me just say 
my experience in an MFA program versus oh God. being yeah. in a group okay. that was supported, <laughs> so different. Yeah. MFA program, I'd still be like, fuck you, trauma is not healing. I mean, right, writing right, about right, trauma right. is not yeah. healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in that space where we were allowed to just like be truthful and yeah. there wasn't competition, it was wonderful. That's mm. so true. Writers are such assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Seconding that, let's get off the topic of writers. Sorry. But I want to. No, I'm just kidding. I want to. I, I want to like hold on to that that idea of catharsis because I think it's a really interesting one. And I also want to talk to the people who are listening who might not be writers but still have trauma. <laughs> do you think they can figure out how they can aren't trying to write. do that? I, yeah. I was I was reading an, a study about um, epigenetic trauma, so trauma that's like you know transmuted <laughs> transmitted through um, your ancestors. So like mm-hmm. Holocaust survivors, Indigenous mm-hmm. Americans in this country, yep. people who survived. Even like 9-11, like that's like a trauma that people will pass down to their kids. And we're queer folk. Um, so like we don't always have biological children, but that's still something that you can put onto generations after you. Um, and the study was looking at how you can have kind of three. There are generally like three different reactions to trauma. Mm-hmm. It's either like repressed and you block it out mm-hmm. and you try and like get, run away from it as much as possible. <laughs> uh-huh. Or there's absolute panic there's crazy tweeting hi yes i'm joe (laughs) there's like like mania mania there's like just like i i'm freaking out about all this trauma that i have um and then there's these the third option which is to acknowledge it and work through it which i think a lot of as we're talking about writing that's kind of a lot of what writing is it's also like conversation spaces with your friends and loved ones it's therapy it's like working through something yeah and i think another reason i thought the study was really poignant is because in this country that we're living right now, this will be for queer and marginalized people a trauma that we might we're pass gonna have down to, to work our, through it, yeah. work Ugh. through and pass to our kids. It is, it is, I it is like so I'm sorry, exhausted I already. Know, right? It is, it is absolutely <laughs> true. I think that um, acknowledging is like mm-hmm. step one. Yeah. To like, it's so when bad things happen to you, there's so much shame, and mm-hmm. shame causes you to want to shut everything mm-hmm. inside. I always do. We and and you know again culture tells us that there are things you can talk about mm. and there are things you can't and like being a rape victim is not a thing that you're supposed to talk about because it makes people uncomfortable mm. yeah it's fucking yeah. uncomfortable yeah but yeah. like not talking about it putting us putting the trauma of a, a rape and then putting a, a a bucket of silence around it as is we have co- learned constantly re-traumatizing yeah. yeah you know just acknowledging the feelings and i tr- you know everyone's like you're so sad all the time and i kind of but i think everyone's sad all the time and like it's important for me to acknowledge that publicly mm-hmm. because you're not you're kind of not supposed to talk about mm. a lot of those negative feelings and it's not seen as sexy to like work no, through right. your feelings <laughs> yeah. it really is not. not as much as it is a hot button issue it's kind of against all our will you yeah. know yeah 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 Oh my god! How many years will we be working through the trauma of the Trump administration? My, it depends on how long this administration lasts. Yeah, it also depends on what year the the Earth melts. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> we will be working on this until the Earth melts. No, my, I mean my my, my Virgo that. friend that I mentioned earlier, who was like, "Go care for people when you feel bad," was mm-hmm. also like, you know, three days after the election, she's like, "Our generation's work." Is going to be fixing this as much as we can. That yeah. is, like don't you just heavy oh lifting? Oh my god! So this, I'm having a traumatic, yes. <laughs> triggering yes. moment. Oh no! So like, don't you? I spent ten years of my life after being in conversion therapy yeah. dealing with that fucking bullshit. Yeah, and like Fuck. getting my mind out of a labyrinth that had been set for me. Yes, baby. And I just like. It makes me so mad yes. to imagine what I would have been, like how fabulous I would have been. Yeah. What books I would have written earlier. Right. Mm. 
what uh, other narratives I could have told other than this right. fucking depressing <laughs> one. Right. And I, I feel the same way on the larger scale with how we've got to pick up yeah. and work this stuff out after the Trump administration. If this hadn't happened, what could we be doing? What, what could we, we be could creating? Have been fabulous and beautiful. And yeah. I know that what narratives? I what? know that beauty comes from darkness too. Yeah. But it's, I just, I'm so tired of that story. And we're all exhausted <laughs> already. Like we all are ex- just exhausted. It was like oh <laughs> all week I've been thinking like, I've been doing interviews and I've been thinking, oh my God, I'm so sorry that we made this movie that like re-traumatizes everyone in the queer community. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to lie. I was traumatized <laughs> watching it. I texted you right after. I was like, I'm wrecked. Right. And it was, and I watched yeah. It was really, yeah, it was, it was re-traumatizing, but I, I'm so glad I watched it. Um, I have one more quick question. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Um, do you feel like, so you just said that the movie, like you feel bad in a way. A little bit. Um, I have two questions. At the same time. Do do you think that like that it's again, that it offers an opportunity for acknowledgement of the pain and and experience? The number two, is it like the good that it can do in the world through reaching straight people? Oh, I know. It's it's aimed towards straight people. My book is very queer, I think. Queer is the Bible. It plays with that stuff. The movie is very like, we got to educate these people around LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had personal experience just in the past couple of nights. I I went to a New York screening yesterday. And this is New York. These are people living in New York. Mm -hmm. People came up to me and they said, I went to a clinic in downtown like i went to a clinic uptown they're still existing because it's only banned for minors and and i met two girls who gave me letters that i read later that were like i haven't come out yet and like this is helping me understand that i can talk to my parents and like show them this movie and like i know i know all the cynical brooklyn queers are like we don't need another sad gay story and i totally agree with that Mm. i wish it wasn't another sad gay story i wish (laughs) conversion therapy wasn't a thing but also like it's still going on and it's you know it's just it's a thing that i don't know i just keep writing about shame and it's it's something i do and hopefully my next novel is like a little bit more celebratory and it's and it's because but it's because you worked through that that trauma because you uh, you worked on that through your catharsis through yeah. the pain and the trauma of it that it is now this thing that will help other people work through their But own. I mean, I know the same thing is true for you, Joe. Like, yeah, so I mean, I get all sorts of people writing me back about my book saying that they just appreciated the space that it made for them mm-hmm. to work through yeah. their feelings. Uh, people don't feel re-traumatized by it. Oh, good. At least that haven't reached <laughs> out to me. They feel like um, this is something that I have been told to not talk about. And so the, and it was really hard for me to write for that reason because it's, it's like this messy breakup. It has a lot about sex and a lot about emotional abuse. And those are all things that yeah. again, we're supposed to put this like balloon around and not arc. talk about. Yeah. Uh, but like the, when you break that silence, I think it invites other people in and that, has been healing for me and it, you it have has to remember that because you'll you'll yeah. get your you know as you continue with your platform you'll get your fair share of critics who will <sighs> say like stop telling this story Correct. stop and you're just like i get where you're coming from i know why you want another call me by your name mm. you're, you're, <laughs> not, you're, not, <laughs> you're not getting it from me <laughs> right. not from me either yeah, this is, sure. <laughs> finally what did nicole kenman smell like <laughs> Do you know the most nihilistic truth that I'm about to give you? Oh no! Is that I don't remember because it was unremarkable. <gasps> that is the that is perfect. <laughs> that is so perfect. We have to cut that. <laughs> so I've got that feeling where I'm like full. 
But I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis somewhere just arched their back. Yeah, yeah they know what they're load. For dessert this week, it is the magical, beautiful, life-altering skill of not unfollowing, not blocking, but muting people oh, on social media. What is this mute you speak media. of? Yes. Okay. So okay. We're I, here to teach you, Garrett. I, um... I thirst follow a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, Shame on you. Uh, and uh, then sometimes I like interact with people or I'll like follow someone that I've been talking to on t- on uh, Tinder or Grindr uh, and then it doesn't work out and then seeing them in my feed actually just bums me out. It just yeah. bums me out. Yeah. If I like don't think about them, I'm much happier. But like I don't want to be petty and unfollow. I don't want them to like notice that, you know, I don't mean to be mean toward them. I have no ill feeling toward them. I just don't want them in my feed because it bums me out. Mm. And so there's this feature on the Instagrams where you can go on the little three button thing. It's on Twitter and Facebook as well. Go down to mute and then you follow them still. But they just don't show you up. You can mute their stories on, as well. I know the muting the stories is so it's important, really Fran. I I'm just so I you know as I've said on this podcast before, I unfollowed a I mass unfollowed all thirst traps. Right. Uh, aside from a lot of like gender nonconforming ones and ones that have like normal bodies, <laughs> you right. know, like. Yeah. Um. But I feel like uh, there's something. There's a lot of power to taking someone off their feed without them knowing, especially when yeah. it comes to like breakups or like weird Ugh. relationship people because i find that unfollowing them gives them too much power or it lets them it might let them know that you care enough to unfollow the mute is a power that you hold and only you know about you know you're just like i don't want to give you the satisfaction of the fact that you actually affect me so this is like so you and me it's like for me it's about being bummed out and for For you it's it's a power power Power. Is there so you don't know about the mute? I yeah, mean, we're, we're, I've heard of the mute. Is there, <laughs> is there someone you want to mute right now? Can you mute Let's someone alive so on right camera? Oh my, my phone's like way over there <laughs> no, <it's> about, <laughs> on camera. But um, no, I mean, I find that. The, so I agree with everything you just uh, said, but I also find the idea of like this like unseen feed existing like in some other oh, parallel universe. The muted. Like the muted only feed. Oh there. my God. This is your next Don't you just see them? They're like <laughs> oh, scrolling yeah. past like I, all these they, torsos. They all look like abs. <laughs> the sequel Mine is to just... Boy Erased is Boy Muted. Boy Muted! <laughs> oh my God. Oh, and subsequently, God. the unmuted the podcast. unmuted podcast. Oh my God. Oh. Mine is just all really hot boys who don't want to sleep with me. Uh, <laughs> mine is, like, I never look at them yeah, in the thirst first traps, place. Thirst traps, exes, <laughs> Um, oh, go go dancers who Ex's like friends. go go dancers who like have like a, a thirst feed and then they're like but also uh listen to my music <laughs> mute <laughs> mute mute here's my poetry <laughs> mute <Nope>. mute <laughs> mute this episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé mm. and also our new home at Forever Dog. Dog. <laughs> our producer, That's so straight sounding. I know, I right? It. It's Ugh. as straight as I get. Um, the, our producer is the hocus to our pocus, Alexandra De Palma. Subscribe, Ew. rate, and review us on iTunes or Food for Thought is canceled and instead every week we're just going to recap episodes of Reba. Um, that sounds great. That's going to be the new podcast. <laughs> Unmute. We'll just be Unmute. doing that. Um, I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on any social media you want. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Garrett Conley. And you can find me at www.www.com. <laughs> How many W's, baby? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Find, uh, find us on 
Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of yep, this yep. week's episode. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading and some extra delectable yeah, content <laughs> um, at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics at thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T-H-O-T. Right. Bye. See you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.